Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, where I explore my tips and tools to help you truly evolve. My name's Jodie Michelle Perry, and it's an absolute pleasure to be your host today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 18. I've been thinking about doing this podcast for so long. Uh, And it's finally come to me how I can present this material. So for those of you who haven't met me, Jodie Michelle Perry, Evolution Coach, and I want to take you through today, step parenting and my experience. So best stepmom ever is what the new card actually said. Um, So many beautiful heartfelt words in here. And this just really triggered me to share with other Um, men and women um, and also carers that are dealing with blended families and just trying to be the best step parents that they can um, how I can help them and and I just wanted to share this content and come on today so pretty excited about that so the only thing that you need to know about being a step parent the only only thing I feel you need to know is that The children need to be at the centre of everything you do. Placing the children at the centre of the decision, thinking about the outcome for the child is the most important thing to do. And sometimes it is so hard to put how you feel aside, your feelings aside. But I can honestly say through my life experience, and I've looked at step parenting through many angles, and I'm going to take you on a journey today, that having the child at the centre is absolutely the key. If you can do that from a heartfelt space, you're 99% of the way there. It really, really is that simple. It's a simple concept. It's hard to do, but just putting children at the centre, like a child-centric approach, is just super powerful. So I'm going to take you on a journey um, through my life and give you some insight into what a child-centred Um, decision looks like and life looks like for a stepchild and just guide you through my own experience and what I know so zero to five I don't remember much but I do remember my mum always being there I remember um, starting school and my school uniform I don't remember seeing my dad around much because he had Um, you know, chosen a different path at that time. But I just remember my mum being there for me in the centre of my universe. Fast forwarding five to ten years old, I met my stepdad and I think they got married around when I was seven, but I remember my stepdad like super, super tall, like really, really tall. He's still really tall, strong, solid mountain. We always used to pay him out because he had an accent um so he's from England so he used to say go clean your room but he'd go room so we'd go room room like cars and and run around and have fun and um he always used to let me dress let me dress him up but um yeah beautiful beautiful human but I remember dad coming into our lives you know between five and ten I remember being at the wedding I remember being central to their wedding so uh, mum and dad got married on Valentine's Day and um yeah, we, my brother and I were there with their dearest friends. It was just the four of us and we went for a beautiful special dinner. Um, and I remember choosing my outfit and just really feeling like the centre of that day, even though when we know now, like as adults, it wasn't our day, but I did feel like it was. Um, I can still remember my outfit. Loved it. Um, 
So that's important, right? I don't remember many partners. I Like my mum didn't introduce many men in her life. I think she waited till she really connected with my dad and he was the one before um, anyone came into our space at home. So I think that was a really great decision she made around the children-centric piece, around her own relationships and well-being and her needs. So I think that was that was really, really important. Fast forward 10 to 15, um, I could see now so many decisions that my parents made um, and my step-parents made were really with me at the centre. And here is where I start to see my dad and my stepmom come into play. They had a beautiful union as well. Um, I saw the photos from their wedding day. I didn't have an opportunity to be part of it. And that, and at the time, I was really hurt by that. So that's where I didn't feel that was children-centric, but I respect and honour their decision. And we were quite young at the time. Their wedding was a lot different. So I totally understand that. Um, but that was a beautiful time. In 10 to 15, I can recall starting to have interactions with all four of my parents together. So let's think about birthdays, Christmas, the drop-offs, the pickups, the weekend, the every second weekend turnaround. That's when I'm starting to notice all these different things come into play. Of course, that's my new norm, but I'm starting to question it now as a teenager. So when did you guys split up and when did you get together and how did you marry and how does that work and all that kind of thing comes into play. Um, but always there was like a synergy between them. So we know that ex-partners may not get on, but when there was an important event, it was my dance recital or it was my brother's something or something at school or, you know, birthdays, Christmas, as I said. It was always focused on us as the children and I could see them all putting their differences aside. Even if there were differences, I don't really know, but um, I'm sure they didn't agree on everything, but when they presented in front of my brother and I, it was child-centric. It was the children at the centre, which meant I didn't have to worry about all the other things my friends from separated families worried about, yeah? What if mum and dad fight? All that kind of stuff. How will they fit in? How will they, you know, because children kind of feel that they have to level that out. It's not their responsibility at all, but sometimes they take it on. I know my friends did. So 10 to 15 look like that. And I also got really deep in relationships with my um, step-grandparents as well. So that was super cool. So my stepdad's parents were just absolutely beautiful. They're in heaven now. But from the onset, they really treated us as their grandchildren, as all, you know, equal to or just another lot of grandchildren in the family. And that was just so comforting. Um, my grandmother taught me so many things. She taught me how to cook my signature pumpkin soup. Um, which is still a family favourite now. So there's just so many things that my grandparents gifted me um, and I'm so grateful for that. But that was, again, putting the child, you know, children-centric approach to being a grandmother, which is just really amazing thinking about the generation that she had come from, right, and my grandfather had come from. It was just so beautiful. Uh, I can hear him my um, step. Granddad has called him Pa. I can hear him chuckling uh, now. So that was really beautiful. 15 to 20, I was navigating my life. Um, I was also going through a time where I don't know why I was just 
such a B-I-T-C-H basically. And, you know, the whole year nine, year 10, year, all that hormony stuff, I was not very nice. I was not my best self. Um, and at times I felt myself gravitating to my stepmom more than my mum because my mum and I are just so similar, right? Um, and I felt that we clashed and, and you know, I don't know about most teenagers, but I hear a lot of them say, no one gets me, my mum doesn't, you just don't get it. Um, I was in that space and, and um, you know, my stepmom was somewhere I could go on the weekends and chill out and, and she was cool because it wasn't the the brush your hair and do your homework and what's happening with your assignments. Like that's not there on the weekend when you go to play. So it just created a different outlet for me. Um, and it was just so nurturing and just really the balance that I felt that I needed at the time. And that was just really, really beautiful. Um, I also loved the fact as a kid that on birthdays I would get double the presents, right? Cause I had two sets of parents and two sets of grandparents. So I thought that was the coolest thing absolutely ever. Um, 20s to 30s, gosh, I, I did a lot of crazy stuff in that time. I really lived my life to the fullest, but I just felt so grounded as I could gravitate to any of my parents at any time and just get different advice from them. Um, children-centric again and so obviously you know one would support me with a particular thing and one wouldn't I would be asking about a decision for a job with one and, and the other one would give me totally different advice worlds apart and I'm not sure whether they agreed or disagreed but always at the center was me if I wasn't okay they would come together and work it out um, and that's what you know a child-centric approach looks like for me 30 to 40 it all went next level again, okay? So I meet my now husband. He has a beautiful little girl. She's 16 months old and suddenly I have the opportunity to be a stepmother. It was never in my my scope, right? Um, I mean, and the whole thing about stepdads, like I, we used to call it step because I had to step stand on the step to kiss him goodnight. Like that was that's what a step parent meant to me. Like I called my dad, my dad, my stepdad, my dad, um, my dad. I call daddy. I still, you know, message him daily and say good morning, daddy. Um, my stepmom was always Sue. She was comfortable with that. God bless her soul. Um, so yeah, my. My parents were my parents and I just never had in my realm that I would be a step-parent. But as it happened, I was gifted with beautiful Alyssa. Um, she is now 14. So I have had, uh, you know, over a decade of experience of being a stepmom too, which is super powerful. But I really got to see the children-centric model come again through my parents to Alyssa, right, to my to my stepdaughter where they just embraced her as a granddaughter straight away it was just this is my granddaughter she was introduced as her, her their granddaughter and it was just absolutely beautiful so so gorgeous um you can probably hear some splashing in the background my apologies that is my hubby returning um so 30 to 40 getting to see my parents really through that that lens of the grandparent and step-parenting was so beautiful. And also the opportunity my husband gave me where I'm like, well, okay, we're going to do this. We are all in. If um, Alyssa is in our lives, which I would dearly love, I would like to raise her as my own. So I would treat all of our children equally the same. And he's like, yep, yeah, 100%, let's do that. So that's what happened. So 
with a child-centric model, like I just treat Alyssa as I do all of my children, the same amount of love, the same, same amount of discipline, everything is the same, yeah? Um, and it, it can get tricky. So let's think about when the wedding day, right? How does it work when I have two dads and it's my wedding day? Like who walks me down the aisle? Well, obviously they both do, yeah? So my real dad wasn't well enough. He said, I, I offered to him to walk me down the aisle and I thought it would be a shared thing, but he actually declined and said it would be really beautiful if my stepdad walked me down the aisle. So he, my stepdad walked me down the aisle. He walked me to my real dad who took my veil off and gave me a kiss and then my real dad handed me to my husband. How is that for a child-centric model? Like I feel so privileged and so grateful. But these are the things we can do to integrate our families, right? So my stepdaughter on our wedding day, she was in the wedding party. So we had a candle on the altar and when we were announced husband and wife, I held my daughter's hand my husband held her hand and the three of us together lit a candle and like as in a representation of our new family and the union of all of us as one. So here we are as bride and groom on the altar with this child physically in the middle at the centre. This is what child-centric parenting can look like as a step-parent, okay? Um, so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, and, yeah, she looks back on the photos and she's like, was I there? Was I that? You know, and just gets to see how important she is. Um, and in that time, 30 to 40, there were some really, really challenging times. And there were times when I really uh, had to do my own inner work. I was so angry, so angry at what I was seeing about her care, my own perception of her treatment. Lots of things happening, think lawyers, think court battles, think parenting arrangements, think all of those things, um, financial impact, all of those things happened. There was a long period of time where I didn't get to connect with her at all and I wondered if she would ever speak to us again. It was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but I stuck to these five tips and I want, they're, they're, they're really just guiding principles actually um, that in, have provided this environment that we have now and this beautiful relationship we have now and this union that we have now that is never going to be broken, okay? So number one is the child at the centre. That's the only thing you need to know. If you can just focus on that, what do I need to do to put the child, children in the centre? Do that. That's perfect. The other thing is all the work starts with you. Honestly, I thought I have to help the child do this, learn this, get this, prepare, have coaching, have counselling, set her up for success. What can I do? I need to do all this for the child. Then it was the focus on the mother. Well, she needs to do this and this. And if only she did that and she went and the judgment and the ego and all those things um were coming up for me then my husband you should do this and you need to do that and you know see the finger coming out the work starts with you so one day I just had this realization where you know what I need to let go I need to let go of all the negative emotions 
the judgment, shoulda, woulda, coulda, it's all got to go because it's not serving the child. It's not in service to the child. What's in service to the child? There's all this effort, energy that I'm using. What I can do is pause that and put all of my available energy just into my relationship with this child. Just divert it. Just move it from that force, put it all into the child. That is a far better investment of my time, energy, effort, emotions. I'm going to do that. And when I did that, when all the work shifted to me, when I did all the work, that is when things changed and only when things changed. Yeah. So child at the centre, all the work starts with you. The third thing is the knowing, the knowing that regardless of the outcome, it's so worth it, regardless of the outcome. If you feel you're acting at the centre of putting the child at the centre and you're working towards that outcome and it's heartfelt and that's what you need to do, I encourage you just to continue to do that work. Regardless of the outcome, it is so worth it and you may not see that. You may not see that for five years, ten years, but I can tell you now it is so worth it. I know it as in my experience as a child and I know it now uh, in my experience as a grandchild and I know it in my experience as a parent. Okay, so trust me on that. Number four, create the magic moments. This is what the children recall, okay. It's not the you sent them to this school or you paid for this. They don't care about that. They care about the magic moments. Remember that time we went on the holiday and we jumped on all the beds? That kind of stuff, that is the magic moment. Remember when we got up on Easter and we ate chocolate for breakfast? Remember when we had ice cream for dinner? Like whatever the magic moment is, like that is what you need to create. So that's what's important to them, the magic moments, the when we did that puzzle together, when I caught my first fish with you, when I got my first strike, when we stayed up till midnight on New Year's Eve, like whatever it is, we got up early and we, you know, watch the sunrise, we toasted marshmallows by the fire, whatever it is that that is important to them, the magic moment, that's what you can focus on, create that. And if things aren't going your way and it feels really tough and you can't go on, you also can, can know that there's always tomorrow. Tomorrow is a new day, an opportunity, a fresh start to really start again. Open your eyes, give gratitude for the roof over your head and the air in your lungs and the opportunity to be a step-parent or a parent dealing with other step-parents and just say to yourself, how do I put the child at the centre today? That's all you need to do. So I hope today's been helpful. Just to recap, child at the centre, all the work starts with you. Regardless of the outcome, it is so worth it create the magic moments and there is always tomorrow so I've got my little angel here this is the gift from my beautiful stepdaughter I've just wanted to have her in the show today um, and like it was super cute to get this best stepmom um, ever card you know and I guess in my infant years of being a stepmom I probably would have imagined this as as the the pinnacle right I wonder if I actually got a card and a gift from them like then I would have made it right as a stepmom. But you know what? The best gifts are the gifts that you cannot see. The best gifts are the gifts that you feel. So um, my stepdaughter visited me recently and as we are saying goodbye, it was one of those hugs where neither of you want to let go, right? It's just like 
every cell in your body. You can hear my voice changing with emotion. You just hold it in and you feel your heart space start to swell. Yeah, like that is the most amazing gift. That tells you that it's worth it. Like it's not the call on Mother's Day or it's the gifts that cannot be seen as a step parent are the most powerful and rewarding gifts you could ever be blessed with. So I hope that these five tips or guiding principles, really they are, get you closer to those feels. I hope you have many, many magic moments blending your families. If I can help you in any way, obviously I work on this in my eight-week program and also for my clients that um, are working with me over their 12 months. Um, packages and we also can really focus on this on our retreats I've got a beautiful um, two-day retreat coming up in October where we can sit down and really look at what's happening with your blended family and just look at ways that we can bring more love and more connection um, and just really help you evolve these relationships into the beautiful one that I've worked on for you know decades now um, and then it's really now returning just so many fruitful blessings that I'm so grateful for. So take care. God bless. And you're doing amazing. Okay. See ya. Thank you so much for listening into my podcast. It's been an absolute privilege to serve you. And if you've really enjoyed the content, I would love to gift you a ticket to my next half day workshop. So please feel free just to DM me or PM me and I look forward to sending you your free ticket. Take care and God bless.